Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Everybody went quiet. Heard <laughs> 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 the ghost signal and then boom. We, we are live and I am frozen. There's something about when I add all y'all to the screen, I like freeze up, I don't know. I tell you, I tell them what the problem is, is they got dial-up, man. I mean, not have dial-up. I mean, like, he's got that fiber. He's got that HGT fiber, man. Yeah, I'm yeah. working until I add all you guys to the screen. I don't know what it is. But this time, let's go. Talking preps. Here we go. Get so upset about the dial-up. There <laughs> we go. There we you go. know he got a little cord attached to his computer. Right All right, now. we're back with another episode of Talking Preps. Um, big news this week, guys. Um, well, not last week. Audrey Kell had a, a player carry a flag onto the field that a lot of people felt very offended by, um, and it, uh, CMS did issue a response. Go play that on the screen, and Dale, just want to get your thoughts on uh, what you thought about the whole situation. Well. First, when I saw the, the flag, as I was mentioning to you guys a little earlier, it, it, it always bothers me when I see an alteration of the U.S. flag. So that probably bothered me the most. But it just it points back to the same issue that we had with Butler and other times in the past. Administration has got to get involved. These, I don't think anything that happens in a school event should happen without it going through administration so that this kind of stuff can be eliminated from being a problem. Right. Gary, I mean, uh, yeah, Gary, your thoughts here? Well, in a situation like that, it probably was something that the student did himself. Um, He didn't go through the head coach, and the head coach has a lot. as as Sam can attest to, a lot going on in his mind right before, you know, coming out the locker room. And, you know, some schools come out carrying the American flag or carrying the state flag. And, and, you know, they have other things they carry. I know some schools come out with a sledgehammer or some other kind of thing that represents their toughness or, you know, the turnover belt and all of that. And so, it's like it's more and more, and it's not going through the proper channels. Yeah, was there was there like a direct reason why? Like you know, I mean, it was like a personal reason why. Does anyone know that or not? There really? was. They yes. were trying to honor the uh, officer who passed away, Officer Rare, who passed away. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like I don't know why that would be a problem if that's what they were honoring, because that's what I thought it was, something like that. But his parents are both both in uh, police work as well. Um, so that's probably, not probably, certainly it's an item that's very close to him and his family. 
And why, why is it a problem? Of course, it's the bigger political thing. Remember, we were talking offline about, uh, not about this, but about uh, being offended in general, people being offended. And personally, I don't think there was any intent to offend anyone. But again, this is where more knowledgeable people need to be involved that can say, no, this is going to offend someone. Let's do this a different way. That flag, what's, the difference, what's the difference between kids, you know, you know, doing the same thing and kneeling during the national anthem? They're making their own, you know, gesture like freedom of speech type deal. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't, I don't know the flag thing. I don't, I don't want to get in trouble with it, but like, I get where they're coming from. If they really, really cared about that person that passed away and they want to honor him in some way, um, I don't got no problem with either one. That well, or kneeling, you know what I'm saying? Like it's all your personal preference, I guess, in that way. But you know, it, it, the, the flag know, that they use is a violation of U.S. flag flag code, by the way. Yeah, and, and to some people, that flag that was being carried, um, it, it represents the it, the views of people who believe in police reform. It was something that was carried uh, a lot during the protests last summer. Yeah, uh, for you know. A lot of people were, were protesting for social justice and police reform, and those who were against their stance were carrying that flag. And that flag, to some people, re represents that police can do no wrong. Oh, okay. there's a big segment of the pop, a large segment of the population that police are some white extremists. And I, and I think, and I think this is a perfect, this conversation is kind of a perfect encapsulation of what went on. I mean, there's a, a group that doesn't think there's anything wrong with it, no intention, kind of what Sam was saying, and then Gary saying that's the other side. And I think what Dale is saying down in the middle is that the administrators kind of have to step in, just as we, as Chris alluded to last week with Charlotte Catholic, to kind of, gotcha. partner, rather, to, uh, to, to kind of step in and, and prevent these types of things from happening. Alex, I just want to get your thoughts on this before we move on. Education-based athletics in which students are representing their schools never have been, are not, and never will be the venue for personal statements of this kind. That is with all due respect to anyone's feelings. That is with all due respect to anyone's intentions. That is with all due respect to any motives or or pursuit of the greater good that was the prevailing motive or may have been the prevailing motive in any situation like this one at Ardrick Hill or any situation involving Butler or Charlotte Catholic or any other situation of the sort. Education-based athletics never have been, are not, and never will be an appropriate venue to make such personal statements. All right, let's go to the rundown. Uh, Gary, you're, oh no, yeah, Gary, you're up. Uh, ben Simmons, is it mental health? Is it stage fright? Is it both? Uh, it's stage fright. Ben Simmons came back to the Sixers after holding out because they held up his money. He does not want to play for the Sixers. Um, he got suspended for not participating in practice full speed. Uh, he's using mental health as a crutch. Now, don't hear me out. I think mental health is real, and athletes do have mental health issues sometimes, just like any other person might. But what he's afraid of is facing the Philly crowd. He had an awful playoff series last year. 
people feel like they cost them game seven in their series, and he wants to be traded. And he can't uh, get paid if he doesn't come to work. So if he comes to work but says he can't play because he has mental health issues, he will still get paid. It's fright. Okay. Uh, Dale, are you keeping Tom Brady's 600 touchdown ball or are you giving it back for a $1,000 gift certificate at the team store? Well, I understand I'm different than other people, but it'd be great to have the ball. I'd want to talk to him. If he didn't want the ball, I'd keep it. If he wanted the ball, I'd give it to him. I don't need a $1,000 uh, gift certificate. Uh, I don't need him to buy the ball back from me. That's his achievement, not mine. So, Sam, what would you do? That's that's well said. I mean, it's. I would love just maybe some pictures. I wouldn't ask for anything in return. But I bought, I, if you watched Monday Night Football um, last night and you watched the Peyton and Eli channel, that's, it's great. That's all I watch Monday Night Football now whenever they're on. And uh, they had Tom Brady on, and they talked about this. He's not giving that ball like he's giving a lot more than just a thousand dollar gift card. He's giving them a Bitcoin. He's giving them this, that, and the other. It was like four different things. It was like huge. I think he's giving them season tickets too. Something. I mean, it was like something crazy. I was like, wow, that's big time. All right. You see, right. people. Also I would. I personally wouldn't keep the ball because it has six involved in it. And guess what? Oh, here we go. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. If it was seven hundred, baby, though. Number six. Number six. Let me make one point here. Numbers. You don't want the three sixes. I get the three sixes, but one six. Now, let me make a point here. Go ahead. Alex. That <clears throat> there's a factor involved which is being overlooked by the general public. And that is that the holder of this ball is going to have to pay taxes on it. And that's a mitigating circumstances if you decide to keep this ball. People look at souvenirs like this. Now, souvenirs are a gift from the National Football League or Major League Baseball or home run ball or anything of that sort. It's a gift to the fan. Now, 99.9% .9 of the time, a home run ball in baseball has no value. So it's no big deal. You see what Tim Price says that ball is worth. I can sell the ball for 500 when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So somebody's got to pay taxes on it. I can sell that ball. You don't have to pay taxes on it until you sell it. Yeah, I wouldn't. I'm going to sell. I'll pay tax on five hundred. Yeah, I'm about to say sell the ball. Hey, I'm going to sell it, Grace. Grace, this is up your alley, Grace. What's up? This is up your alley. Oh no, I'm with I'm with Alex. Like, hey, you're getting. You're going to understand that. Like, no matter what, you're going to have to pay taxes out of that. But Alex. I'd rather have to pay tax taxes because I have the money than pay taxes and not have the money. So I, I can appreciate paying those taxes now because I came up on some money. There you go. All right. Um, Grace, since you're talking, Grace, who's most at fault for the Carolina Panthers four-game losing streak? Is it the quarterback? Is it the offensive line? Or is it the offensive coordinator? Man, you know, I think the first couple weeks I, I, I may have been leaning a little bit more, you know, Brady, 
Um, even with the success, you could kind of see they were you know, struggling a little bit. But my goodness, Sam Darnold has been awful. Like, I mean, I'm using my Gary Richmond voice on that. He has been awful. Like, he has truly been bad. I mean, I think you you have a great comparison, you know, when you look at how Stafford plays and Sean McVay's offense and how golf kind of has, has regressed back to what we all thought he was because of a good coordinator, because of a good play caller there. I think that even with, you know, like say, for example, Teddy Bridgewater's limitations in the past, he wasn't a favorite, but he was consistent. And I think Brady helped him be a little bit better than he was, even looking at him now in Denver. With Darnold, I mean, you just can't fix awful. I mean, you, you just can't, man. I mean, you can stand, you can draw it up. At, at, least, up, right? at least the Panthers were in the game until the fourth quarter with Bridgewater. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They're not even close to winning by the fourth quarter now. I think I'm talking about it. What happened with you in that game? Not 20 for 66 yards, Grinder, I think it was. Like, yeah, yeah 66 yards. Grinder I, I normally would say I normally would say O-line play there, but, yeah, I'm with you. The quarterback play has just been horrendous. And I think here's the thing. Um, whenever you don't have Christian McCaffrey, you lose your, you know, your a couple of, like, stud players on defense, especially your first, you know, your eighth pick overall draft pick yeah. who was balling. And, um, I mean, you think about all that stuff. I think it's a, it, there's something about the momentum shift. Like, before when they were winning games – it was hard to beat them. I mean, they beat the Saints and they beat the dog out of the Saints. I mean, they they whooped they the Saints. Missing some guys though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They missing some guys. So I'm gonna blame it on the injury bug, and then maybe we're smart enough to just tank now. Let's just tank. <laughs> maybe they can sign Tim Tebow. Tim <laughs> Tebow with Vincent Dag on game. Here we go, Alex. Even though they lost last night, is the Charlotte Hornets' early season success the real deal, or is it fool's gold? Well, at least the Carolina Panthers quarterback play isn't the only thing that's been awful in Charlotte. And the fact that the Panthers lost a couple of defensive studs still puts them ahead of the Hornets because the Hornets haven't lost any defensive studs. They don't have any. We don't need we, we, we don't need to go to Washington, D.C. and all the craziness going on on Capitol Hill to look for any political gerrymandering. I'm going to give you some gerrymandering right here. I'm going to gerrymander the Hornets' defensive statistics and point out that the Hornets have given out 112.75 points per game without that overtime loss to the Celtics through their first four games. 112.75 points per game without those 18 points they gave up in overtime to the Celtics. All right. And we talk about a good team giving up 112.75 points per game and think they're legit. I got one thing to say. Get on D. Hey. <laughs> Somehow I knew he was going to work that in here. the landing. Chris, I, I want to get your World Series picks, but I, I gotta I gotta get this off the screen. We got we gotta put you on the one because I know what your World Series pick is, but tell us who's gonna win. Well, Am I going with my heart or am I going with my head? Uh, you know, the heart says pick the Braves. They haven't won the series since 95. I think they've got a decent chance. I think the roster says Houston. But since the trade deadline, Atlanta leads the Major League Baseball with a 44-22 and 22 record since the trade deadline. They're trending in the right direction. They're playing well. So, heck, I hope the Braves. Uh, but you never know. Uh, I've had my heart broken by this team more times than not in my lifetime. So, I'm being cautiously optimistic. 
Bravos. I, I like to see the Bravos win. Yeah, it'd be, be kind of cool. All I right. I could name one player in this series. So, Sam, Sam, <laughs> Sam, we got my man Larry Pickett in the back waiting to get at you. But before we get to that, we're going to go to 60 Seconds with Chris. A.L. Brown fans, watch this. Hello, everybody. Again, this is Chris Hughes, the guru of high school football here for Talking Preps NC, that is. And uh, who can believe this is the final week of the high school football season for 2021? Uh, man, I want to sit here before we get started and thank all the seniors who will be playing their final games this week or maybe in the upcoming weeks. You guys have dedicated a lot of your time, your lives since Pee Wee days, flag football days, up through youth, Pop Warner, uh, so on. Uh, so I want to thank you all for, for what you all have given to the game of football. It's been my pleasure to cover you over the years. Uh, so I hope you guys have a great final game, final week of the season, and uh, best of luck to you guys. Anyway, it's Robert Week. I want to talk about what I think to be one of the coolest, most unique high school championship trophies there is. That is the victory bell that they play between A.L. Brown and Concord. It's the longest oldest continuous rivalry in the state of North Carolina. Uh, this week, they'll play the 92nd uh, game. Uh, they've been playing it continuously since 1931. Uh, it dates back previously to 1924, long time. Uh, so anyway, uh, the, the bell, uh, the winner gets to take it home. They get to paint it up in their colors. Uh, they get to take it around town to praise. It's a huge source of pride in both communities, and I just think it's the coolest thing out there, very similar to the one that Duke and UNC play for, UCLA, USC, so on. Uh, pretty cool. Uh, the winner gets to paint it. Uh, Kannapolis has had that thing painted green for six years. Concord, by the way, they did win the SBC championship this past week. You know, Coach Paxton is looking to paint that thing black and gold this week. I think it's the coolest thing ever. I hope they have a great game. I know it doesn't have the luster of maybe some of those championship games of like the 90s, 91, 92, 93, uh, but you know, it's still going to be a big-time game. Anyway, guys, I've talked with Preps and C. 60 seconds of Chris. I'll catch you next week. Chris was quick this week, and he, he, didn't, uh, he didn't have a bell or anything. You're echoing. I'm echoing? I don't know. I don't know. I'm having my, I'm frozen. I'm echoing. But I got my man Larry Pickett Jr. on the screen, Sam, and you're in trouble. This man is balling. Larry, I, I, I look at your stats, man, blown away. Leading the team in catches, receiving, second in tackles, leading in interceptions. Tell me about your season so far, man. Yes, sir. Hey, how you guys doing? Um, the season is going great. Um, just uh, just playing game by game, doing my thing. Um, I'm, I'm getting uh, better stats than I had last year. And season's going great. Yeah, tell us about your uncle and all your connections. Uh, my uncle and connections. Um, my uncle has been training me since I was 11. With, uh, Who's your football. uncle? Tell everybody who your uncle is. I, Ike Taylor. Uh, my uncle is Ike Taylor. He played 12 years for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Has two Super Bowl rings. And I've just been training with him since I was a kid and, and just getting pro tips from him that I've been, been able to use on the field in high school. And Sam, you see, he's already got that pro studio set up, Sam. I know. He's legit. I'm like, man. I'm like, I'm you know what I'm saying? I'm like, man. All right, but before we get to the game, I got to let you guys see his hype video. It's like one of his hype videos. Yeah, let me see the hype video I keep hearing about. Let me see this. LJ. Larry Pickett Jr. Yeah, that's the only thing, man. For real. Check it out, man. Hey, LJ, what's up, my brother? Larry, man, I know your uncle, I Taylor. He's been bragging about training you for years. I'm excited to watch your highlight. Continue to keep business booming. Boom.
Larry Pickett Jr. with reception at the 39-yard line. And it's a foot race. No one will catch him. It's a 61-yard touchdown. Larry Pickett Jr. is one of those rare football players that dominates on offense, defense, and special teams. He's one of the top players in the state and is getting a lot of attention for his playmaking ability. Larry Pickett Jr. with the catch. He has to outrun four defenders. And he is in the end zone for the touchdown. LJ. Colleges are noticing LJ all over the world right now. Your highlights. They show that you hit almost as hard as me. And your uncle. Oh my goodness. Ike, Ike, Ike Taylor. God darn it, the rivalries we had. LJ, I look forward to seeing you in college. LJ, let me tell you something, buddy. Let me tell you something. Boy, the way you are putting it down and the way you are lighting it up, everybody is starting to see it. And most importantly, the scouts are starting to see it. Larry Pinkett Jr. can't do it all! You already know, you just go. He's been trained by two-time Super Bowl champion and Pittsburgh Steelers legend Ike Taylor since he was 11 years old. He's just an overall great kid. He's an honors student, volunteers in his community, has even traveled out of the country to help build homes for the poor. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Pretty cool, right? Hey, hey. All that highlight ain't going on in the game show, baby. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> yes, sir. You got it, baby. That's <laughs> all I can say. Yes, sir. Larry, how, how long did it take you to put that together? I just did. I mean, my my, uh, my dad actually put it together. It, it, it didn't take him too long, though. Yeah, tell us what your dad does. You say he travels around and works with celebrities. Well, what's he doing? Yes, sir. He uh he actually used to do that, but now he's just uh focusing on on starting some other stuff right now as well. All right, but tell us about your football aspirations. You know, who's looking? Anybody looking at you yet? You know, where you want to take this thing? Um, I I right now I have schools from 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 the East Coast talking to me. I actually, just schools from all over. But right now I'm I'm worried about that later. Right now I'm just worried about playing football and just getting through each game and each week. Absolutely, absolutely. How's your team doing right now? Can you say that again? How's your team doing right now? Team, my, my team is doing great. We, we go out every week, get it, give it all we got. And, and I'm just happy to play with the teammates that I have. And uh, Yes, sir. That's all, right, cool. all, right, all right, so Larry, we're going to play a little game. And I want you to meet Sam with some multiple choice. And all you got to okay. do is be and you be my guy. Yes, do. sir. He got all these guys. Look, he got Ray Lewis helping him out. He got everybody texting him. He got everybody texting him. Why are you echoing so bad? It's everybody. I don't know what's going on. All right, here we go. Brother, I'm not MJ, just Coach Griner, but I'm the GOAT of the game show. All right. All right. 
Larry, you're up first, and Dale's got to read, and I got a community question for you, Larry. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Antonio Brown made the Super Bowl as a Steelers rookie. Who beat Pittsburgh that year in the big game? A, the Vikings. B, Cardinals. C, Seahawks. D, Packers. Larry, who you got? That game was the Packers, the Green Bay Packers. Samuel, what you got? It's kind of stuff. It is the Green Bay Packers. All right, we're, we're one to one. We both got it right. Sam, I, I thought maybe you would go different. But he, was, was he just so certain that he made you change your No, I, I, I knew that the answer. <clears throat> you knew the answer? Mm -hmm. I knew that they beat the Cardinals. Okay. I, I, was, I thought I might trip you up on that one, but let's see if I can get you on this one. Chelsea, let's go. Miami upset number 18 NC State Saturday and got first power five got first power five in seven tries. Who was the last power five team to beat? A, NC, B, Duke, C, NC State, D, Oklahoma State. Samuel. Oh. I know, right? <laughs> Five seconds, man. Uh, I want to go D, Oklahoma State. D, Oklahoma State. What you got, Larry? I'm going to go with A, UNC. The answer is B, Duke. Uh, Miami beat Duke 48 minutes in the 5th, I was going to say that. See, you should have you should have stuck with your guns. You'd have been oh, up. Man. And I need you, right. I need you to beat this guy. Because he celebrates that. That was tough. All right, Sam, it's time for your favorite question. Dale, here you go. Okay. Halloween Kills is number one movie in the country. Who plays Michael Myers? A. James G. Courtney. B. Anthony Michael Hall. C, Robert England, England. D, Christopher Lee. Larry, what you got? I'm gonna have to go with C. C, Robert England. Samuel, what you got? What would Steve Harvey say? You get that? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I like, I like what he did. That's the one I would kind of want to pick. But... <sighs> Come on, Sam. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go A. I'm gonna go A. Seriously, that's your answer. Yeah, A. How in the world did you get that right? <laughs> I thought I was gonna get you guys right. Oh, Robert Gary in the back. Robert Engel played uh, Freddy Krueger, and I thought because that name would be familiar. Oh, okay. It took his daughter that long to get him the answer. Yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> Sam, Sam, Sam's cheating again. <laughs> Sam is cheating again. How, hey, hey, Ray Lewis can't help him right now. Oh no. Oh, wait a minute. I just messed up, guys. Give me one second. I messed up one more questions. I got to I gotta find the right one. You got to reach up with some questions now. No, I'm not reaching. No, I'm not reaching. Larry, you doing all right? <laughs> I'm straight. I'm good. Time oh, to see one of those moves, moves you've got. I got to find the right one. Uh, 
I think this is it. I got too many of them loaded. Uh, the answer is A. No, no, that's the same question. I thought that messed up. I'm having trouble today. We're echoing, I'm having trouble. The answer is not A. I know. The answer is not A. All right, here we go. All right. Which popular actor in MTV regular has a rap alter ego named Murda Count Harlem? A, Michael Jordan. B, Samuel L. Jackson. C, Nick Cannon. Or D, Will Smith. Samuel. I'm going to go A, Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. What you got there? Oh, man. Mm. Larry, like he hosting the weather, like sitting inside the screen. You know, I'm gonna say C. C. Nick Cannon. Yeah, you go, Larry. We're two and two. <laughs> okay. There you go. Wow. Come back. Sam's getting real nervous now. Nah, I ain't nervous. I can't lose. <laughs> you absolutely can't lose. Can't lose. That movie had on that return and his highlights. That's what he just did. You absolutely can't lose. Okay. Boy, I remember this game. Who is the last North Carolina high school football team not from Charlotte or Raleigh to win the big class? What happened for this? I told you I was struggling with it. I can tell you who it was. Hold on. Let me get, let me get it back. I'm having all kinds of problems. I'm sorry, Larry. I apologize. I'm no better. Go, I'm no better than this. Let me let me get it back on the screen. People at home like Langston have no idea what they're doing. They're probably correct. So am I thinking around here? With all the echoing. With the echoing and, and, and all of it. We got all kind of problems going on tonight on Talking Preps. All right. Alex, let me doesn't say, Alex says the answer is not correct. Not on the answer. The answer is correct. Here we go, Dan. Okay, so who's the last North Carolina high school football team not from Charlotte or Raleigh to win the big class state title? A, Uber, B, Richmond, C, Greensboro Page, D, Greensboro Grimsley. Larry, you're up. Get this I'm going right, to say son. Greensboro Grimsley, D. Greensboro Grimsley. Samuel, what you got? The big four the big yeah, the big class state title. I'll go off the ball. I'll, I could easily tie him. I'm gonna go see Greensboro Page. That is the right answer. They won in 2011. Man, that's yeah, okay. Larry, that's all right. I'm sorry, Sam. That's all right. Sam just extended his winning streak somehow to two. I don't get it. Three. So he's got a point there. Don't Alex, What's Alex's point? Read his comment. Okay, I'll read his comment when we get out. But uh, Larry, appreciate you coming on, man. Yes, sir. No problem. Thank you so you much. You got the best hype video I think I've ever seen. Don't forget to check out LarryPickerJr.com either. LarryPickerJr.com. <laughs> My God, boy. And doing the weather and dropping, and dropping the, uh, the ad on that, too. So yes, sir. Like that. Like that. What's your GPA? Three, 
seven. That's really three, good. Seven. And he's smart. Hey, you, I ain't gonna lie. You, you're good enough to play for West Charlotte, baby. Just remember that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Damn. 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 All right, man. Take care of yourself. Yes, sir. Thank you all. Sam, you got shows up in West Charlotte, Sam. You you get all kind of trouble. Hey, we got a lot of hype videos. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> Sam, you got lucky tonight. I don't know what it was, brother. It's like you know, I don't believe in luck. So you I know, Larry, I think Larry was the echo because we left. There's no more. Echo. Yeah, that's what it was. His his setup. His, his setup, setup all with all that stuff. All right, well, it's time to go to fresh faces. Let's see who Grice and uh, the Guru. Chose so are we? All right, Coach Grice, here we are, final week of the regular season. Uh, seems like it was just yesterday. It was the hot, sweltering heat of August, and here today, last week of the season, uh, some guys playing their final week uh, of uh, potentially of their high school career, uh, but we're going to still highlight as many fresh faces as possible, and we'll continue this on through the playoffs. Uh, but, man, uh, hard to believe the season's gone by this quickly, but let's go ahead and hit up the first athlete, Coach Grice. Get it. Um, and right here we see Hickory High School, Josiah Edwards, uh, running back, uh, defensive back. Uh, Hickory has had a phenomenal year, six and three, won four in a row. They got a big game Friday night. But what do we see out of this guy, Coach? I mean, just versatility. I mean, I think you see anytime we get a guy that plays, you know, running back in DB, you know, you see a situation where, look, again, he can he can translate from defense to offense, gets that ball, and he's going to run through people. My goodness. I mean, just that intensity and that power that he has as a running back lets you know he's ready to make that play. You know, he's, he's here as a DB. We show the other side of that. He's able to come up and deliver a shot. I mean, Coach Glass must love, you know, who he's got here and the fact that he can put him all over the field and make plays. I love that turf field there, by the way, but absolutely making those plays again. They, Hickory has won four in a row, got a huge game against States for Friday night. I'm sure we'll see him balling out. Uh, but let's go ahead and take a look at this next uh, guy on our list here for Fresh Faces. Uh, we're going to go all the way up to Raleigh. Uh, talk about a team that had a huge win Friday night, defeated Leesville Road 17-14. to uh, But Sanderson High School, Zion Myers, has helped his team get in position for second their second league title ever. Talk about a big-time performance. Oh, my goodness. And, I mean, again, as you mentioned, these aren't small teams that he's having to face. Just took down Leesville Road, has a big matchup against Gibbons. So when you're seeing guys run inside, everybody looks at this and kind of wants to go away. These are hard yards against quality opponents here. So de definitely a good guy. I mean, you talk about 600 yards, nine touchdowns this year. He is a guy that they're going to be counted on. And I know Gibbons and that defensive coordinator that uh, our co-host talked so much about, he's going to be circling his name. He's going to make sure that any plays he gets, he's got to stop him or it's going to be a long day for Cardinal Gibbons. Absolutely. Hey, let's come back here to the Queen City. You know, it's a team that last week I said just absolutely would not go away. They continue to show that this week. In fact, they're going to have a – I think they might even have something for Myers Park. Uh, but Olympic High School, Elliot Narnay had six sacks for a tough, tough Trojan team. I think tough's an understatement, by the way. Definitely. I mean, this, you know, that this area, I live in this Olympic area. I mean, it's just full of athletes and just kids that just are relentless. I mean, I think that's the best way to describe this Olympic team. And this season for them has shown that. 
you know, played some tough teams, had some games where you thought they maybe shouldn't be in it the way they were, and they're going to stay around. And a big part of that is Coach Darren Hart and his, you know, his defense here. And you can see we continually highlight and look at some of the different guys. I mean, six sacks lets you know this kid is is active. So, you know, I love to see this from uh, from Coach Hart's defense. The D-line is a foundation for him of his defense, and that's no different here. All right, and finally, let's go to Burlington. Uh, to Walter Williams High School, junior running back or junior linebacker uh, Will Rhodes had 21 tackles against Orange on Friday. Uh, a friend of mine, Coach Brandon Spoon, a lot of people remember Brandon Spoon, one of the best linebackers really to ever come out of North Carolina, uh, played for the Tar Heels, went on to Buffalo Bills, told me he's one of the best linebackers he's ever coached, and he's coached a lot of good ones in 17 years to pass. Uh, 17 years at Williams, uh, but he says that this young man's probably as quick laterally as anybody he's coached. What do we see from him? I just think we see instant play recognition. I mean, I, you know, when we're good, we have the end zone shots here. Um, you're able to see as soon as the quarterback gets the ball, the linebacker is able to make a decision, a run pass decision, or honor his gap or his responsibility. You know, sometimes you'll see with, with you know, more rookie linebackers just being hesitant to make those decisions or hesitant to get in their pass drops or run fits. He just seems that the minute the ball snaps, he knows exactly what he's supposed to do, knows where his keys are, and he's going now to make a play, and sometimes with bad intentions. So, I, you know, I like to see that from this kid. I like the versatility. He's not showing you he's just an in-the-box guy. He'll run his butt down on kickoff and tackle you, too. So, you know, great to see that again. We're seeing a lot of these lateral plays where he's going from his, his spot, making a tackle sometimes at the top of the numbers, maybe even at the bottom of the numbers on the football field. So great to see this. I agree. I mean, he's one of the best linebackers we've seen. Guru, I'm always, you know, blessed that you get to show me some of these great football players in the, around the state. And Brandon Spoon, again, he, he, he carries a lot of weight with him, but he said that he's a 4.0 plus kid and said that he was freshman ready to play varsity, but if it wasn't for uh, Shane Witter, who's playing for Oklahoma right now, would have taken some snaps from him. Uh, but he said that this young guy's got a lot of room to improve, and, boy, I think that ceiling's really high for him. Oh, definitely is, and I'm excited. Oof, you see some of these plays, man. I'm, I just feel like, you know, you get a quality guy like this, 21 tackles last week is a big game. And, I mean, again, Williams definitely have an opportunity to make some noise this year. Yeah, we'll see him playing on Saturday soon enough. Uh, but, again, hey, that's it for another week of Fresh Faces. Uh, last week, the regular season, but we're going to continue uh, on through the playoffs. Man, I, this is really exciting to see these guys perform at this level. Definitely is. I'm excited. Again, Guru, I'm blessed. You are the one that tell me about these, you know, these, these guys first. You know, I'm glad we get to share with everybody else. But I'm just blessed here because you know these, these guys in this great town around the state. We get to show it to you guys. Hopefully, again, we'll have another crop next week. Even the playoff teams, there are always certain guys that I can't wait for Guru to tell you guys about and for us to all learn together. All right, and I feel we could do this for an hour every day. Uh, but, <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll just continue turning them out. Uh, again, appreciate y'all watching uh, here at Talking Preps. All right, Chelsea, 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 how are we doing today? You just continue uh, to, to bring your A game every episode. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Chris. Well, this week I interviewed Providence Day senior quarterback Grant Logan. And just kind of with the um, end of the season approaching, and like I said, he's a senior, wanted to talk about how he'll really close out this season and just his high school career overall. Well, he'll have an opportunity to have a big game against uh, Charlotte Latin coming up Friday night. Oh, yeah. uh, big but, uh, I'm anxious yeah. to hear this interview. Uh, let, let's do it. This week, I'm interviewing senior quarterback from Providence State High School, Grant Logan. So, Grant, with the season, the regular season kind of closing out, um, just kind of discuss, like, how the season went overall, you know, your reflection on it, some of your wins, successes, things around that. 
Um, yes. Um, we started out slow. Um, we had a couple games um, against Carver and Weddington. We started off slow. Um, not really much to say about it, but we started off slow. And as the season progressed, we started to get better, better in practice every day, um, just following Coach Gear's lead. So kind of like you said, with that improvement throughout the season, what were some of the things you guys did in practice to really pick up that pace? Um, I feel like in the first part of the season, we was kind of like overconfident. And we started to like humble ourselves more and started to take practice serious and started to just take everything serious. So what game for you guys was really kind of like one that served significant to you guys? Um, this past week, the game against Raven Gap. Um, we was the underdog. We went into the game knowing we was the underdog. Um, we practiced hard all week. Um, yeah, we had a great game plan on Raven Gap. We had played their own game. We beat them at their own game. And yeah. I like that. And kind of discuss your personal performance during that game. Um, I ran for 117 yards, I think, off of 17 carries. And I think I had 230 yards passing, 17 for, it was 17 for something. Nice, nice. So for Providence State Football in your program, um, kind of discuss what makes you guys like so successful and kind of the culture within that school. Mm -hmm. um, when Coach Gear came, he made it made it clear that the whole program was a family from middle school all the way up to varsity. It was just a family program. We were all together. I like that. And so Grant, you're a senior. So kind of discuss being both a quarterback and again, an upperclassman. Have you taken on a leadership role throughout this season? Um, just giving the team all every day in practice, coming into practice, practice hard every day. Um, just putting them on my back and taking them where they want to go. I like that. And kind of discussing just like putting in that practice, you know, this being your senior year and kind of before that throughout this summer, what were some of the things you did to really perfect your game? Um, just practicing every day, um, staying after with Coach Beer. Staying after it with Coach Gear late at night, watching film. Um, yeah, that's really it. Nice. So senior year at varsity, um, what's one thing you've really seen in yourself, you know, when kind of like reflecting on your game that you've, you know, witnessed yourself develop the most in? Um, I would say being confident. Um, at the beginning of the season, I would say I wasn't very confident. Um, and now I'm starting to get more confident in myself. Nice. And so you guys have one more regular season game against Charlotte Latin. What's the mindset for the game and what's y'all's expectation? Um, we're expecting to go in and just just beat them. Um, practice hard every day this week. We got we have a great game plan that Coach Gear is mixing up. Um, yeah, and just playing our game. Nice. And so I know you recently got an offer from UNC Greensboro. Kind of mm -hmm. discuss your recruiting process and what's your expectation for college? Um, yes, I have UNCG right now. Um, I have a couple interests, um, VMI, Virginia Tech. Um, uh, that's really it. But um, yeah, it's just a slow process that I'm, I'm just waiting my time. And so when you finally do choose, you know, what school, what's something that would really make a school home for you? What are some of those qualities? Um, I would say the same thing as Coach Gear has, like everything's a family-based organization. Um, yeah, just being brought in as one of them. Nice. Well, Grant, best of luck your final game and congrats on your whole senior year. Thank you so much for hopping on. Mm -hmm. Thank you.
Man, Chelsea, you did it once again. You know, I always like to ask because I know, you know, as you're in these and once you kind of can step back and watch it and be an observer, what was your favorite part about this interview? Um, probably the recruiting questions. You know, I before the interviews, I usually send in like a general question list. And, you know, right before the interview, I was scrolling through Twitter and I saw that UNC Greensboro offer. And I thought it'd be something really interesting to add. And I think he answered that really well, you know, for it being unexpected. Definitely. No, I agree 100%. Well, Chelsea, you continue to impress. You know, we're so glad that you're on with us You know, each week. Of course, you know, your first job of trying to, you know, stump Coach Griner and get him out of here. And then, of course, dropping your, your wonderful segment. So thank you so much for your time. And I can't thank wait till next week. Catch you guys next week. Excellent. Take care. All right. That was another great segment of Chelsea's World. Now let's see the updated list this week for Mr. Football. All right, Chelsea hits home runs every week. Uh, again, thanks to her. Uh, but here we go, the updated Mr. Football list. Again, these are in alphabetical order, not in numerical order. Uh, so uh, here we hit it. I'll just kind of do a quick run through. Uh, mostly the same as last week, Alonzo Barnett, Grimsley, Corey, Corey Caselet, the leading rusher in North Carolina, Central Davidson, Mason Fortune, and Wesley Grimes, both of Millbrook. Uh, Ron Herring, uh, Newburn, Morion, Hampton, Cleveland. I think you see a big defensive player, Malachi Hamrick, uh, Shelby, Tad Hudson, Huff, Jacob Newman, and Southamac, James Pierce, another big defensive guy, Chambers, another defensive guy, Jalen Walker, Salisbury. Big uh, theme of defensive guys, Sam. Let's talk about these defensive guys first. Well, I mean, I, I love the defensive guys on there. I, I, don't be surprised if you see a new guy on here the next time we do it. I'm going to drop the stats for our D-tackle, and I think he's leading the state in a lot of categories. He's a special player. So I love seeing that. I think that changes the game. They translate well to college. I love seeing, like, a James Pierce on there. I mean, I think he'll translate well to college. A lot of times you can have guys that are offensive, you know, great running backs, and they don't translate well to college. But these defensive players, you see them even playing on Sundays and stuff, and so uh, it's exciting to see that. They were honoring them on Mr. Football as well. Yeah. Alex, so you see two from Millbrook, uh, one from Newburn, one from Cleveland. It looks like Eastern North Carolina is pretty well represented as well. Very much so. Uh, I'm going to have the opportunity, I think, to watch Mason Fortune, the Millbrook quarterback, and standout wide receiver in Wake Forest, and Wake Forest University commit Wesley Grimes. Once again, this Friday is Millbrook hosts wake forest that's wake forest that's going to make the trip from wake forest into raleigh to play a game <laughs> and, and it should be a great game with uh cap i'm sorry on uh, northern carolina uh, northern athletic for a conference implications right there grimes fortune and just outstanding and once again mason fortune is putting up one of the best seasons we've seen by a sophomore quarterback since Jason Peace at uh, Northern Durham in 1992 when he led the Northern Durham Knights to the 4A state final. Wesley Grimes, uh, his it's not that he's slowed down at all, but rather uh, Devontae Smith picked up his pace during his Heisman season by this point last year. But Grimes' pace receiving-wise in terms of yards, touchdowns, et cetera, is, is just absolutely astounding all the way around. Uh, Omarion Hampton up at Cleveland, with, uh, the Rams in position for an undefeated regular season, getting to play this full season right here. 
And um, Mr. Herring down at Newburn, I'll call Mr. Herring, uh, Mr. Herring this week, if I can step in for uh, Curtis Fuller and his reference to uh, Mr. Newman last week. Uh, but yes, very, very uh, impressive what Mr. Herring has done uh, to have Newburn in position to contend once again. So we're seeing a lot of good things from the eastern part of the state, and I know it will continue in the regular season finale. Hey, Dale, speaking of Mr. Newman, yep. uh, Jacob Newman right there. So first of all, I wanted to uh, correct Alex. The uh, trip for Wake Forest will be by plane. Um, it's that long of a trip, so they're going to have to fly in to, to play Millbrook. Um, <laughs> you know, big uh, players, good players or great players step up in big games. And boy, did Jacob Newman – Step up in that game uh, Friday Mr. night Newman. in the Myers Park. Uh, <laughs> you know, Mr. Newman, um, <laughs> they they handed him the rock, and, boy, he he I, ran with it. I would absolutely love the next guy to interview him and be like, hey, we got Jacob Newman here, and he, like, <laughs> it's Mr. Mr. Newman. Mr. Newman. Mr. Newman. to make it happen. Call, call Tim up. Come on. Come on, hey. Gary. Mr. Newman changed somebody's culture. <laughs> he really out which team he changed. Uh, actually, you mean uh, Mr. Newman changed two children's <laughs> culture. <laughs> Something wrong with everybody. Oh, goodness. <laughs> All right, Gary. Hey, hey, Gary, we still have our defending Mr. Football on the list as well as two players here from Chambers. Uh, what do you think about those two guys and, and your uh, observations? Uh, from some of the Queen City players. Well, I mean, Hollywood Smothers, he, he's the real deal. Uh, he put out a little highlight film on Twitter this week, and I, I mean. He's good. He's got some pain <laughs> yeah. on him, boy. I swear. He, and, I then, and then Pierce is not blockable. You know, it, it'll be interesting to see what kind of uh, game they have against Mount Creek Friday night. But those two, are they're the real deal. They're the real deal. Hey, hey, and I want to throw this out to all of you, and, and Gary, you can pick up on this or any of y'all. Hollywood does not necessarily have the same numbers. Nowhere near the touches of some of these other guys like Corey Kaselik that's putting up just astronomical numbers, yet we all agree that he is the most electric player, and probably had he gotten those carries, his numbers would be through the roof. Is that going to hurt him any, or do you think the playoff, once the playoffs begin, the cream rise to the top? I, I think once you get to the playoffs um, – that's when you really get to see the, the top players playing against the top competition. And that's where you really make your judgments. I mean, for probably what they play, 10 games, you know, seven of those games that, that Chambers played, he probably didn't need to play past the third quarter, you know, and they, they, they're loaded with talent over at Chambers and the coaches are going to let some other kids play. And at the same time, try to keep him healthy because all it takes is, you know, one hit, you know, a turned ankle or something, and they don't have him for the playoffs. So I think they're using him well over at Chambers, you know, get the lead, win the game, and then let the other kids run the ball. Yeah. Hey, Coach Christ, you you, you have a, a huge hand in helping me put this together. Uh, I'm going to give you the last word on your observations of the list. Yeah, I think, you know, as we get to the end of the regular season, you're starting to see guys with big games and getting that opportunity, you know, here 
versus, you know, as we get to the playoffs to show what they can do. I mean, you look at Alonzo Barnett, Grimsley with a huge game coming up here against uh, Northern Guilford. He's going to have to play all four quarters in that game. I can guarantee you that. And if he's going to rise up in this Mr. Football watch list or reach the top, he's going to need a superb game there, as he will within two or three playoff games if they're trying to repeat their championship run from the spring. Uh, you look at Case like again. I mean, I remember we had Breedlove as backup as a Grice's gym earlier in the year just because of how much volume those running backs are getting. So as he continues to get that volume, if he continues to have those monster performances there within you know within the playoffs, he's got to you know go into serious consideration as the one of the top running backs in the state. But I mean, you know, we've got some great guys. I mean, you know, the the blue bloods here, Omarion Hampton, you know, Dalen Smothers, they're going to be tough to top there. But I'm excited to see how this thing shakes. And to me, the sleeper and you. You guys know, you know, always being kind of on the other side of them. I'm always critical of them. But the sleeper to me in that bunch is Tad Hudson. I mean, I think Huff is primed for a long state championship run. He's going to have a lot of games, and they're going to need – Coach Olsen's going to need to take the reins off if they want to win it, you know, win a game and potentially win that rematch against Chambers. As we all know, could potentially loom large versus them or maybe even Butler. He's going to need to have that big game to get them over the top. So I look forward to a great finish as we get ready to, to name our finalists for uh, – Mr. Football. Also, as a reminder, uh, we will be doing the Super Team this year. We'll release that at or around Christmas Day. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Again, you know, coaches, you have nominations. Uh, Langston Wirtz will be putting out the process for that nomination uh, or selection process as we will come out here. It's here pretty soon. So be ready for that. But just want to let you guys know and be aware. You have to submit. Don't forget. And the cream is definitely going to rise to the top. As, as we've said, you know, we've got six weeks now of playoffs. So that's a lot of football still remaining. Seven full weeks of the season remaining. Uh, so a lot of football left to decide that super team. Uh, we're going to carry it all the way through the state championships with our observation process. And I'm sure all of us collectively will huddle up. I'm hoping we can put it on Langston's tab again. Uh, but I can't wait for that, for that little outing. Well, speaking of the cream rising to the top, that's why we have Grisis Gems. Let's go. All right, Grice, here we are. The final week of the high school football regular season. From here on out, it's playoffs, uh, but it's not going to stop us from doing some fresh faces. Uh, so let's do it again, Coach. Oh, I'm ready. I mean, you know, again, it's that time of year. My voice is raspy. I feel like, you know, I'm just struggling here. But, you know, glad to be on. Glad to close out this regular season right. Well, absolutely. I feel like the regular season's kind of been the preseason. We're getting ready for the real, real season oh, yeah. the playoffs. Uh, but we're not going to say that to those that are unfortunately ending their season. They've had an incredible season. And shout out to all the seniors and those who might be playing their last week of football this week. Definitely. It's always an emotional for them. Let's go ahead and look at this week's Grice's Gems. Well, we got a lot of phone calls and uh, a lot of guys out there balling this week. Uh, so here we are, Lucas Cachillo, West Henderson High School, just south of Asheville, Western North Carolina, uh, completed 40 of 55 passes, Ooh. 405 yards, five touchdowns, and a huge 40 to 34 victory over Franklin Coach. Uh, what do we see out of this big guy? I mean, we see some great talent again. We talk about the, the formula to be a gym. I mean, you saw talk about 40 completions in this game. And those guys in the mountains continue to throw it all over the park. I love to see it. I mean, it's great to watch this here. And, again, he needed every one of these yards and every single touchdown to help them beat Franklin in overtime. So, big-time performance from a big-time player here. I'm just glad that he balled and got a chance to get on here and get the call, man, because a lot of those teams up there in the mountains are doing great things. He looks great. Anytime I see a quarterback in empty, that team is comfortable enough 
with him being the sole responsibility for any yards or anything that they're doing. Lucas, great job. You balled. Glad we can get you on here to get the call. Look at how pretty that turf was as well. That's got to be a, a pure – just something fun for those Western North Carolina fans. A true change in philosophy from a lot of run-heavy offenses to this passing. It's got to be a lot of fun for the guys in the stands. Uh, but uh, we'll move on. Uh, Keon Abdul-Rahim, uh, Providence Day High School, 13 solo tackles, 12 assists, plus five tackles for a loss in the huge, huge victory over Raven Gap. Uh, let, let's talk about this one, Coach. Oh, my goodness. I mean, he's a guy that's a stat monster. I mean, he's going to be all over the field. You know, a defensive player you've got to account for, fast and extremely quick to that ball. And when he gets there, he's letting you know he's there with some bad intentions. So glad we could highlight him. Again, that's a big win for Providence Day. I mean, everybody knows that Raven Gap's a tough team and aggressive and, and, you know, and a big team. So if you're playing defense out there, you've got to stop them, you know, and hope your offense can score on this big-time team. So he didn't just do this in some regular game. That was against the team that many people have picked and grew. I think if you were, you know, leaning in the private school, you know, arena, you would talk about them being a potential title favorite there. So big time game against a big time opponent. Absolutely, coach. And on the side note, how many coaches are going to be lining up to get on talk of preps overtime? Chad Greer comes on, knocks off the national power. Hey, you can come on two coaches. Uh, but anyway, let's move on to the next list. Uh, this is one of the biggest. In fact, I think it's the biggest rushing performance the ever biggest. in the state of North Carolina. Cardinal Gibbons High School running back uh, Donovan Shepard ran for a state record 539 yards. I didn't repeat myself. 539 Friday night. What do we see here? I mean, just the ultimate baller. And I mean, I, I had friends, you know, on, on all my social media talking about this that aren't even, you know, coaching or around football like that anymore, wondering what's going on. Big from the 336, you know, people talking about, of course, him breaking TJ Logan's record. But I told him, I was like, you know, Shepard's been doing it all year. I mean, he's been successful against tough competition. I mean, everybody out there, he's played Myers Park, Chambers. I mean, they play Leesville Roads. They played some top competition. You give him a team that's not ready or not going to come out fresh and ready to go, he's going to make some, you know, make some big things happen glad we could have him on and when you break a state record you are definitely getting the call on here so i'm glad that he had a great night and was able to do it you know in, in such a big way and i love the film angle we have right there at the end zone oh, yeah. it really allows you to see his vision and then following those blocks and hitting those open holes incredible performance uh mr shepherd uh congratulations mm -hmm. hey let's go out to eastern north carolina i love it when we can go to the eastern part of the state and highlight some of the young men out there uh jake heisen had 387 yards against farmville central uh at green central uh high school senior uh what an incredible um incredible little uh, performance he had Oh, we talk about it all the time. And I see, you know, I saw that they talk about, they call him a little juice box. I see why you have to get a handle on him to make sure you, you're able to tackle. But while he may be little, again, 32 carries is not little there. Again, you saw 387, three touchdowns. He might be small, but he is somebody tough to handle. I mean, looks like a mini Darren Sproles out there with that speed and power combo. Because if you don't come correct, he's going to leave you in the ground. I was just about to say the same Sproul. Uh, uh, ideal as well because you, you see him right there. I mean, he oh kind of gets goodness. lost in between those big guys, but boy, he has that extra gear uh, to turn it on. A uh, big time performance right there. Congratulations to him and Green Central. They're having a good year. And finally, here with the Grice's Gems, uh, Holly Springs High School uh, quarterback Brock Will scored eight touchdowns against Apex. This was an Ooh. offensive explosion in this game. 
I mean, you just see this right here. Getting the balance. I mean, through for four, rush for four. Uh, man, I don't know what's going on in the water out there uh, this past weekend near Raleigh, but, I mean, there were a lot of big performances in a 30-mile you know, thirty mile kind of radius there, Coach. I mean, it, this is something major here. Again, you see he's got the speed where you're playing around. He's going to throw that ball and get it to a guy to get him out of here. So, I, you know, you got to give big ups to his receivers. I mean, anytime you throw for four touchdowns and 300 yards, those guys are doing some great stuff. But I love the balance from a guy. You know, again, like you, you have the defensive end crash in that zone read. This receiver's tell, quarterback's telling you, you receivers, go block. I'm about to go get 80 yards here. And that looks like what he did. But, I mean, a great performance, a, a wonderfully balanced performance. Eight touchdowns, you got to get the call there. All right. Well, hey, we did it again. Uh, final week of the regular season this week. Uh, a lot of big, big games, some undefeated matchups going head to head. Uh, we're going to see some gems, I'm sure, this week. So give us a call. Hit us up at hashtag Grice's Gems. Give Coach Grice, myself, Langston a call. Uh, we'll get you highlighted. As we say at Guru Chris Hughes at Langston Works Jr. at Coach Jay Grice. Let us know, especially this Friday. It's some of y'all senior night. Seniors, you better go out there and ball. Get one final call. All right. Let's go to the corner. All right, guys, let's take a look at the North Carolina 1A football rankings, top 10 released tonight, hot off the presses. Um, Eastern Randolph continues to dominate uh, in the 1A ranks, so there they are undefeated. Uh, big game against rival Randleman coming up this week. Mount Airy drop, jumps a spot. Uh, Mount Airy has just been absolutely dominant all season long. Uh, they have just continued to impress me. Uh, they jumped Tarboro. Remember, Tarboro had that early season loss to Rocky Mount, who has since struggled, I hear, the past few weeks. Uh, Northside Pinetown, remember, they were in the state championship game. They are really uh, seeming to peak at the right time. Mitchell. Uh, Mountain Island Charter, there you see uh, our local team, Robbinsville, uh, Murphy, Northmore, Thomasville. Yeah, and some of the same old characters, but you have seen a little bit of shuffling here uh, to some of the teams here in the past couple weeks. Uh, Alex, any thoughts? All roads still require us to go through some of the same stalwarts. And until teams surpass the Tarbers, the East Surrey's, now, Eastern Randolph down in 1A, until somebody surpasses those teams, the conversation is a moot point. Yeah. I don't disagree with you. Right. I don't, but I think some of these teams are really good, uh, so so we'll, we'll get to take a look at them. Uh, let's move next month. down to the 2A. A um, couple teams kind of jumped a few teams this week. Yeah. Uh, Reedsville still there, the number one team. Salisbury stays there in second. Shelby has really impressed me the past couple of weeks. Shelby moved up a few spots to third. Wow. Northeastern uh, was in a shootout uh, with Kirtuck County Friday night. Had to survive that one, 38 to 30. Uh, they slide a spot. Maiden right there. Whiteville, Hendersonville, St. Paul's, uh, Princeton. East Duplin jumps up into the top 10 after defeating um, Wallace Rose Hill in a big game. Uh, Grice? 
I mean, this, you know, we talk about 4A Fight Club, you know, I call it. 2A might not be as deep, but this top five is as, as competitive as in any division we have here in the state. I mean, you look at what Maiden's been able to do this year. I think they had a win over Christ School earlier this year. It's tough. Reedsville, you know, is great. Salisbury, Shelby, and Northeastern. We've talked about them all year. And I mean, I can't wait for this 2A bracket. And outside of my own, you know, personal feelings of the 4A bracket and being a part of that, this 2A bracket is going to be the most exciting. But, but you know, Grace, you say it may not be as deep, but let's take a look at a few of the teams that's just right on the outside looking in. Uh, Wallace Rose Hill, they obviously fell out. Burns, seven and two. Yep. East Surrey undefeated. Chase, six and one, or eight yep. and one. Monroe, six and one. Uh, John Holmes, six and one. Uh, Bunker Hill, eight and one. There's a lot of really good teams right there on the cusp that's just waiting for their chance to get in. No, I agree. I think we had some of the successful seasons, but you know, as we stated, it's still a little delineation. As we saw that Maiden Bunker Hill game, had, it was a, was a pretty big gap there. So while some teams have some one or two losses, I, I think it's still that top five. But you're absolutely right. I mean, some of those teams you mentioned that are just on the cusp have some great performers. Ditto. <laughs> All right, guys, let's take a look at the three A rankings. Uh, Sam may like this one. Uh, you hey. saw the first number one, Dudley, right there. Uh, Dudley's got a huge battle uh, against Eastern Guilford. That's going to be a great one to look out for this week. Kings Mountain against Crest. Uh, there you see Northern Nash, who knocked off Southern Nash. Uh, two dominant powers right there. Uh, James Hunt, Statesville, Crest. Eastern Alamance, there you see them, uh, West Charlotte. And, and, again, you know, we're getting closer to the playoffs. I'm starting to really see the film. Sam, I know you're ch coaching your tail off because I watch as much film as I can get my hands on. And I can see uh, – and I'm not just blowing smoke up you. I can see you guys getting better week to week. And I do think you're going to be a tough team to deal with here in the next couple of weeks in the playoffs. We just got to get on D. <laughs> Hey, and, and, I'll, and I'll shout out here, especially, you know, Griner, you know, those guys uh, playing Chambers not too long ago. I mean, that game was 28-20 in the third quarter. Um, those guys were trailing them by eight points. I mean, watching that game, I mean, they, you know, those guys made some plays on offense. And even on defense, while, you know, while the, they may have given up quite a few points, I mean, the aggressiveness and really, you know, positive plays that the defense had were just almost as much as that Chambers defense as well. So seeing that, I, I feel like even from when we played uh, when we played West Charlotte, Griner and his, his old staff has been over there cut, coaching their behinds off. And I know North Mech's a little worried this week as they got to, you know, go face those guys. And I'm excited to see what Griner can do. Thanks, brother. Yeah, I think that there is a better than average chance that here in about seven weeks uh, we'll be interviewing uh, Coach Griner in that white suit up there at the press conference. In <laughs> I do think uh, – I do think – that I got a gold one. If it gets right. that. <laughs> like you have taken your bump uh, in this, I mean, the Fight Club Conference. I mean, you don't talk about the 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 the, the, the Queen City, I guess it is now. Uh, mm -hmm. I I don't want to poo poo any other team in the three A, but I have a hard time thinking that a lot of these teams have seen the gauntlet you've gone through this year. And I do think that that'll pay dividends for your program. Uh, but again, you've got to do, take it one week at a time. I know you know that, and you'll coach them the right way. It's just the depth thing. Like the games are so long, you're going against, you know, the Mallet Creeks of the world, the Huffs of the world, the Chambers of the world. You know, like games go long, and and I'm not a running team like I used to be in the past. Them games go about thirty minutes longer each time, and I just want to make sure we get there healthy, and uh, we got a shot. We'll see. Yep. 
All right, guys, let's take a look here at the 4A. I'm sure Langston's going to pop it up for us. And there you see them right there, Huff, number one, Chambers, two, Cleveland, Grimsley, Newburn, uh, Northern Guilford. Uh, Grimsley and Northern Guilford matchup this week. Huge game. Richmond uh, right there. East Forsyth, Cardinal Gibbons, Glenn. Uh, East beat uh, Glenn in overtime. But I was so impressed with what I've seen out of this Glenn team, even in defeat. They went from 11th to 10th. Uh, that's a really solid football team. Both of those are really good teams. Uh, I'll open up to the floor. Where, where's uh? How far down the list is South Mech? Because I think they're cracking the top ten. Uh, South Mech uh, this week uh, will come out tomorrow morning, and I'll give you the answer. Number twelve. Okay, yeah. thought they were close. Coach Evans, I mean, goodness, what he's done this year. I mean, that I remember checking that score after our game, looking around like, my goodness, like what what a you know, capstone win for his program there. Um, and a great feather in their cap as they look to, you know, now show you guys how, how they are in this 4A group. But what a fight club. I mean, this this is going to be something amazing. I mean, looking at Grimsey versus, uh, you know, Northern Guilford here. I mean, wow. Like, that's going to be a, a battle for me. Top, you know, top three teams there. I mean, I don't think have changed. What, have they changed at all this season, Groove? Uh, they, they've, they've somewhat jumbled up a little bit uh, in, the, in the numbering. But for the most part, I think that they've – Almost stayed the same. But, you know, here's one thing to think about, guys. And, you know, you just talked about the job that Evans has done at, at South Mech. Uh, you talk about the job that Robert Curtin has done at Pinecrest and a few of the other ones. But we've got to think about a coach for this super team, too. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it, the choice is there. I mean, I, I just – it's so many great – you know what I mean? It's so many great like people that you know that, that you could think of. I mean, like I said, what Griner's been able to do, Coach Joe Evans. I mean, I'm losing, you know, forgetting people. Coach McKee, even at North Mech. I mean, I think he's one under the radar. It's done well. I mean, in our conference. I mean, it, it's I'm lo I'm forgetting people that I that have had great years. And I think you've got about ten or twelve coaches we could have, you know, on that list. So I hey, repeat that. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Yeah, I mean that, there, there's there's quite a few. Clayton Trivet up at Central Davidson kind of comes to mind as a guy that, that took a team at its depths. And and I'm not gonna sit here. I think Coach Sam Grinder's done a great job. You know, there's several coaches here uh who have certainly done some good things. Uh, even Coach Fuller at Myers Park uh, taking over a new program. Uh, but, you know, we certainly have uh, our hands full and trying to come up with the right one. Well, Coach Bray over at Audrey Kell, don't forget yeah. them because they might be your conference champion. Yeah, I agree. So, I also want to remind well, everyone that hey, we want to talk about I'm just curious, league. Dale, you think uh, Audrey Kell could beat Chambers or Huff? I want to answer that's, right. a, that's the whole problem. If you had to bet the house on it, are you taking on Jaquel over either one? I'm just letting just ask. If I had to bet the house, I'd bet the if I was forced to bet the house, I'd bet on the chambers. But I would not count Audrey Kell out or no uh, one's counting them out. I'm just I just wanted your opinion of it's hard, know. man, because the teams they play there's, there's not a lot of commonality to, to be able to draw lines between. And who would have thought Ardrey Kell, Olympic, Myers Park, and South Mech would literally be, you know, neck and neck with each other on the field? Gotcha. What's, oh, when I'm what's the scenario if South Mech wins the conference? Do what? What's the scenario? If, if, they, the, the, for South Mech to win the conference realistically, um, 
because both South and Otter Keller win. They're playing uh, Harding and Barrier their games, so right. they need Myers Park. They need Myers Park to beat Olympic and then win the draw. Because Audrey Kell's got the um, the one up on them. They're both one loss, and if if uh, Myers Park loses to Olympic, then Audrey Kell is most likely the uh, unless they fall to. I think they're playing. I think they're the ones that plays Barry and South plays Harding. I I can't remember, but so they'll have to have a meeting uh, Friday night after the game to yeah right. Yep, if, if Myers Park wins, they certainly will. And a lot of a lot of conferences now in the past couple of years have actually been doing that meeting ahead of time just in a contingency. All right, if we get in this position, we're going to go ahead and already have those draws set out. But uh, uh, we'll, we'll certainly get that news uh, Friday. Alex, what's next for us? <clears throat> what's next? Uh, we talk about there being uh, a fight club. Oh, no fight here. There is no fight because we know that always the Grice – is right. All right, guys, we need to get a better picture of you to show that's, up. That's a little remix at the end, though. You see the little remix? Did y'all get a little yeah. remix aspect? I know I do need to get a. I've got a picture too. I need to send links to him. But I, that was that was a cool picture of a of an era that you know I don't. Hopefully we'll never have to revisit. Absolutely. All right, guys. Uh, we got some big games to talk about. Uh, this is not only the last week of the regular season. Got some big time rivalry games. Just got a lot of huge huge games uh, to talk about. I kind of mentioned it earlier in the rankings uh, discussion. Grimsley at Northern Guilford. That is two nine and no teams going head to head. Look there in in the. Raleigh area, ah. uh, Wake Forest at Millbrook. Uh, what do we think about that one? Well, this game will be played in Raleigh. <laughs> 2201 Spring Forest Road, Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, a lot of history to this game. Wake Forest and Millbrook, uh, both coached previously by Earl Smith. And it was Earl Smith who paved the way for Reggie Lucas and the tremendous run that he's had at Wake Forest. So a, a lot of connections here. Um, great opportunity all the way around. This is a game. If Millbrook wants to make a statement that it's in position to return to the types of days and teams that it had in the late 80s and early 90s during Earl Smith's heyday, then this is a game that Millbrook has to win. It's an opportunity to make a statement and win a conference championship and be in position for a very favorable playoff seating, hosting a playoff game. But this is that kind of a statement game that Millbrook needs to show that it's back in that echelon of competition. Uh, this is a, a statement opportunity for Mason Fortune, who's played well all season long. But to do so at this level, I mean, it's it's got the makings of everything special. Last night of the regular season, conference championship on the line, opportunity for a signature win over this level of a program and go in to the playoff strong and know you get to host a game. I mean, it, the opportunity is there for Millbrook. Can they seize it? Quickly, why have you, Alex? Uh, let's just look at one other game in the Raleigh area. Uh, also in Raleigh, uh, Sanderson and Cardinal Gibbons. Can Sanderson knock off uh, the Crusaders? 
it's going to be a most formidable challenge for Sanderson to do that. I was very impressed by Sanderson last week. I had the opportunity to see Sanderson in action and a shout out to all of the people at Sanderson led by Sanderson Athletics Director David Neal. Uh, David Neal and his staff put on an absolutely fabulous show all the way around. There was a great moment at the end of the game where our previous Sanderson coach, Dave Riggs, who's been a Triangle Area legend, uh, went down onto the field after the outcome and said to Sanderson head coach Jeremy Buck, masterful, just just masterful. So yeah. for that kind of praise from a coaching icon and legend in the state, that speaks volumes of what Sanderson has done to overcome adversity and put itself in this position. Still, it's going to be a formidable challenge against Cardinal Gibbons. Um, I think we all know that uh, Sanderson, despite its success this year, has not seen a uh, defense the likes of that of Cardinal Gibbons defensive coordinator, Nick Drew, uh, one of the top defensive coordinators in the state who proves it time and again. And uh, it'll be, it's gonna be a formidable challenge, uh, but Sanderson looking for its first conference championship since 1984, you gotta be in it to win it. And both teams are in it and have a chance. All right, let's talk about some other teams that can win conference championships. I uh, got some undefeated conference rivalries in the Southern Piedmont 1A, 2A going at it. Burns at Shelby. That'll be a big game in Cleveland County. Also in Cleveland County uh, for the Big South 3A championship, Crest at Kings Mountain. <laughs> Up there in the triad, Dudley at Eastern Guilford again for a championship. Uh, not for a championship, but still a big game nonetheless. East Forsyth going to Clemens to take on West. Uh, Oak Grove and Central Davidson. Uh, that's going to be a real clash of uh, different styles. Um, Hickory at Statesville. That game's going to be tomorrow night, by the way. And I know we got a lot of games I've been seeing that will be moved up tomorrow night. Uh, Richmond at Scotland uh, is always a big one, although Scotland's lost a couple now. Forest Hills at Monroe. Uh, that, that's always a tough one. And just looking through here, the list, um, obviously A.L. Brown there, uh, that's a big one. Uh, Dale, Independence at Butler, you know, traditionally that's always been a big-time robbery game, not for a championship this year, uh, but nonetheless, still a big game. You know, it's all those games you went through, lots of big rival games, and I was just thinking as you were going through that, the kids that are playing uh, for Independence and Butler, when they were born, this was one of the biggest rivals you could uh, you could ever want to go see, and I, I'm wondering if – uh, Coach McFadden's team is ready to step into that and help make that uh, or bring that rivalry back. Uh, kudos to him for what they've been able to do uh, compared to last season. Uh, could be a tough game because of the rival thing, but uh, that might it might be another year before they reach the the rivalry level that they were at uh, back in the 2000s. Yeah, I agree. Um, Sam, Charlotte Latin at Providence Day. Uh, Coach Greer came on uh, Talking Preps OT the other day and, and was really excited about the future of this team. Uh, they had that big win last week. They get a chance to go against the best private school team, at least at this point in Charlotte, Friday night. Yeah, it's a big game. And, you know, Greer, uh, Chad Greer's got the most respect for Charlotte Latin. I think he – did he play there? Or he was coached yeah, by – Yeah, Chad Greer did play Charlotte Latin. Yeah, he did. So, it's, it's a special game for him. I thought he did. Um, I think Providence Day has been working all year since the summer for this game right here. I really think that. And uh, Charlotte Adams probably one of the better teams this entire year. But Providence Day is just – they're peaking at the right moment right now. And so I like Providence Day there. 
All right. Uh, and now uh, I think we'll get our uh, big time game of the week here to talk about. Uh, so let's go ahead and play that music. All right, Grice, and, and maybe even Gary as well. I'll throw it to you first, Grice. So we've got the big game of the week um, with Weddington and Marvin Ridge. Uh, let, let's get the keys to it. Yeah, I mean, it's a great game here. I mean, you talk about 8-1 and one Weddington and 7-1 and one Marvin Ridge. I mean, a lot of similarities. I mean, this, these you know schools are maybe, what, maybe 10 minutes apart. These kids are very familiar with each other. I mean, you know, add to that, I mean, you talk about their one loss, both were, were both to Audrey Kale. Um, Marvin Ridge lost by 19. Weddington lost by 17. Both teams have scored 266 points so far this year. Um, both teams beat, you know, I would say their nearest game to this point, uh, Cuthbert and Marvin Ridge won 28-14, Weddington won 28-13. So a lot of similarities that have this very close. So, you know, to me, I think it's going to be one of the best games, um, you know, of, of the, the slate that we have for this week. The first key, I mean, you know, sophomore quarterback Evan Metters from Marvin Ridge, you know, started this year with a big-time performance against Independence and has continued to do well. He leads his team not only in passing – but also in rushing. He's accounted for uh, 20 total touchdowns, and not just in passing and rushing yards, he also leads in passing and rushing touchdowns. So he is the guy for that team that if they're going to be successful, he has to get it going. You know, as a sophomore, he's kind of gone through the year, and, you know, as we talk about this time of year, whatever grade that you are in school, you're already, you know, if you're a sophomore, he's basically a junior now with some of the great experience that he has. So I'm excited to see what he can do. But, again, the last big-time game he, he had, we could point to really, we would say would be Audrey Kell, and he wasn't able to, to shine like we know he can. So, if you know, the key for him is going to be can he do what we know he, you know, he has these, prior, these games prior, can he do that to help his team, you know, have a big victory? Uh, for the, the second key, you know, Weddington, I mean, you know, we're talking about the, the post-Shipley era for Weddington. I mean, I think, you know, it's a situation where they don't have the one guy in Will Shipley that they could, they could count on before. You know, you've got, you know, quarterback, you know, Grady Brosterhouse, who has almost 1,700 yards, 17 touchdowns. You've got, the I think he's a Wofford commit, uh, Parsons, the running back. Uh, almost 900 yards, 10 touchdowns. So, you know, they're getting it done kind of with, with a, a multi, you know, multi, multiple kind of you know, form attack there. you got the running back with Parsons is going to be big, but Brosterhouse is going to need to get the ball to his receivers, uh, most importantly, Landon Backey. So he's got some, you know, got some guys where you don't have that one star, but someone's going to have to have a big breakout game to be successful from the end for Weddington. And for Marvin Ridge, I mean, again, this battle, it's, it's key. I mean, you know, talk about these kids play on the same seven-on-seven teams. They shop at the same grocery stores. These people live, you know, very close to each other. This means something. And in the games with Marvin Ridge and Weddington, when Weddington is won, it's not been close. Uh, so Marvin Ridge has to start fast. They last won in 2017, 27 to 24. So if they're going to get, you know, active in this game, if they're going to win, they got to go out here early on, show that they can do what needs to be done. So I'm looking forward to a great game here. I think that, you know, with the, both of these teams, they've been pretty, you know, pretty even, I feel like, most of the year. But Marvin Ridge is going to need to start start fast early and let everybody know that they're just as good and they're ready to take over in Union County. Right. I think I think home field advantage is important this game as well for Marvin Ridge. I think that if the crowd can get rowdy, you know, it can play into their factor. It's just it's very tough to beat, you know, Weddington. Weddington is just I mean, they're very sound. I mean, they beat Providence Day. They beat a lot of good teams. There are two other intangibles I think you have to look at too. Can Marvin Ridge control their emotions? Uh, you know, being at home, being a rivalry. 
sometimes you can get too high and, and make mistakes. And so you want your kids to be excited, but at the same time, you want them to be able to, to block out the noise and the crowd and the rivalry and just play football like you practice it. The other key, I think, is going to be the weather. It's supposed to be a little bit colder Friday than, than we've had so far this year, and it's supposed to be wet. Um, so turnovers will be a, a big part of this game, too. I agree. Uh, home field advantages are important, and obviously playoffs is going to determine a uh, conference championship, as is most all these games I've just mentioned a few minutes ago, uh, will produce conference, conference championships. Uh, that, in turn, will go into the selection process, which will take place Saturday from the NCHSAA. Alex, uh, you're extremely familiar with the process. Can you give us um, – kind of the Cliff Notes version of what this process looks like and what we can expect on Saturday. Uh, yes. Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. Yes, I can. Uh, if if I could use a Rick Rude line for a minute, if uh, everybody up here could just keep the noise down for a little bit. And, uh, <laughs> um, okay, but not very simply. Okay, yes, this is a little different, but the first thing everyone needs to remember is – Win your conference. That's step one. Win your conference. That leads to everything else. So even though we're in a situation now where you have predetermined East and West regions where certain conferences are going to go in certain regions and they're going to be seated the East, everyone who's predetermined to go in the East in any classification will be seated relative to just those schools in the East. Everyone determined in the West will be seated relative to the West. So win your conference first. You need that RPI formula, which we see on the screen right here. You see the formula, we're talking your own winning percentage, your opponents, winning percentage, your opponents, opponents, winning percentage. And you see how the math works right there with the multipliers, that's all added together. So you need a good RPI, but you go back to what I said, all the conference champions from the conferences predetermined in the East in any classification will be seated first according to RPI. So if there's seven conferences in the East in any classification, those seven conference champions are gonna be seated first. So once again, win your conference, then, you go and seed everybody else according to RPI. So, question: We won our conference as a three A team in our conference. Yes. So we're the number one seed out of our conference, correct? Yes. All right, but let, let, let me throw the caveat in there. That's a great question, Sam. Mm -hmm. Okay, in a split conference like West Charlotte. Is like 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 the absolute mega conference West Charlotte is in certainly the best conference in the state. I think we all can agree on that. If a team wins its division, so West Charlotte wins the three A. First off, you have to finish first, second, or third overall in the conference, and have a winning percentage five hundred or better to get that 3A number one in your case. So it, it so it doesn't just come down to if if you have three teams in the So if we win, we win, we tie for third. So 
That's fine. So there you go. And 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 what and what will your overall record be? Six and three. Well, there you go. So West Charlotte meets the criteria right there. That's a great question, Sam. I appreciate it. I, I wanted to I wanted to understand it. That's why I knew you could do that for me. All right, guys. Well, hey, let's take a look at the current RPI standing so we can see where everybody stands. And we'll start right here with the two A West, the two A East, and the one A. Um, and, and and a lot of it is, is very similar to the rankings we went over. Uh, not not completely. Uh, you've got some uh, similarities and some that are just way off um, the mark. But again, a lot of that goes back to the the three different formulas that go in for the RPI, the mathematical equation. Um, and if we don't have any questions with the one A and two A, let's move on forward. Uh, to the 3A and 4A, because I'm sure a lot of people really want to see that one as well. And here we go. And uh, there, there you see it. Um, and there you see what Charlotte right there in the, in the 3A West at 16th, Sam, just based off of the RPI uh, formulas. Um, you, you guys see them right there. Uh, any, any discussion amongst, the, uh, amongst you guys? I know that 16 going to change real quick. Uh, the, the, the thing you want to watch, the thing you want to watch at the 4A classification, and this is why that Millbrook-Wake Forest game is so important. If Millbrook wins that game and Richmond closes the deal on Scotland, Richmond goes in. You see, Richmond already is guaranteed to be a number one seed because they won the 4A portion of their split Sandhills 3A, 4A conference on October 1st by beating Hoke and Pinecrest. So they already won their division. They're well over 500, and they're going to finish at least third in their conference. So they've already got all that locked in. So if Millbrook beats Wake Forest and Richmond beats Scotland, and you see where Richmond is in that RPI, then they're going to be in great shape. You got to guard that against Cleveland with its regular season finale against Clayton. Cleveland could go undefeated. So they'd be in great shape. Newburn, once again, closing the deal, if they can close it out. So, I mean, what you're seeing here is an infinitesimally small margin of error here at the top all the way around. So... Uh, it's you talk about that 4A fight club, the infinitesimally small margin of error all these teams have. We could know a whole lot about what's going to happen in December by this Saturday, yeah, because of what happens on Friday with these and, RPIs. And, and look at this 3A West, by the way. You know, we've got that epic battle with you see the number one and number seven Kings Mountain and Crest going at it Friday. If Crest was to win that game, you see Pisgah right there, number two. Pisgah's got a pretty much layup win against North Henderson. Uh, you could have, you could see uh, the 3A playoffs have to go through Western North Carolina up there on the mountain in Canton. Uh, that could certainly uh, make for an interesting dynamic in the playoffs. Uh, and I'll just say very quickly that 4A West. All right, so we look at Huff and Chambers up there, two of the obviously elite programs in the state. Uh, just a friendly reminder, like I said at the beginning, first and foremost, win your conference. And Huff is in a position to do that. And thus, obviously, with the strength of schedule that the Huskies have had, are, are in great position. Chambers, with the tough schedule that it's played even after the loss to Huff, 
getting the job done. Grimsley, win your conference. So this RPI is working seemingly in that these schools who have played tough schedules and have gotten the job done winning their conferences, it looks like it's going to shake out and they're going to be rewarded appropriately. So, so question, last question. So Huff gets the number one seat out of the conference. That means Chambers will get the number two. So that means everybody else in the other conferences will get seated higher than Chambers, right. correct, when the yes. playoffs come? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Correct. Just want to make sure I was clear on that. All right, cool. All, all other conference champions will be seated above Chambers because all the conference champions are seated first. The number two seeds and all other at-large berths are seated after the conference champions per RPI. That's where Chambers is going to be held. I got you. Hey, Gary, what do you think about this process? Well, I think it should be televised. So there's complete transparency. One of the complaints that some of the uh, state representatives made was there's no transparency with, with the uh, state association. So this would be the perfect time to live stream the selection process so everybody can see how it's done and there's no favoritism um, to certain schools or certain areas. Not only do I agree with that, Gary, I think this entire talk of prep staff would probably willingly come on and we would commentate it. <laughs> yeah. That is a great point. That would be great show. Oh, I mean, get that live reaction from Griner. Griner, how does it feel for you guys to be jobbed out of a, a number five <laughs> yeah. to Western, Western North Carolina? Griner, here to be. You look at Max Preps, it's got his rank number two overall because of the strength of schedule. Like, it's got, I like, guess, ranked at like at a 19 or something compared to people might have a minus two. <laughs> All right, hey, we're in the three shot. What does that mean, man? <laughs> Time to lock the door. Man, this is always my favorite segment of the show. I wish we did it first, but man, save the best for last. Uh, Coach Griner, I know that you're going to the first. We're going to go ahead and take this opening kickoff and send it right down the field to Coach Grice. All right, this is a big question right out of the gate. Should Sam Howe come back to UNC next season or go pro? He, he needs to come back. I, I think, you know, the struggles that they've had aren't completely on him, but it's a situation in which, you know, he's going to be hurt by it unfairly. And I think he needs to come back to show, hey, that, that you know, the, the time before, you know, this year wasn't an aberration. It wasn't something that was an accident or because of other players. No, I still am that great quarterback that we all know. I mean, even with all the struggles, he still has one of the highest numbers as far as rushing yards for a quarterback. So even with his struggles, he's still showing those flashes of greatness. He needs to come back for another year and get that opportunity to show those guys that he's still the guy that we know is one of the greatest. Definitely not come back next year. Um, and I'll tell you why. You got another guy named Drake Dagon May, and there's a chance you might not even play over him. I think he's a very Stop good it. player. Stop I'm it. And he's really good. I'm listen, he's the best talented guy I've ever seen come out of North Carolina. I've said that before. Stop it. One talent ability. Now, now hear me out. Sam Howe showed another like we already saw what he could do the first two years with the talent around him. Okay. All right. Now we saw what he can do with not much talent, and he's still strapping it on his back and carrying the ball and leading the team and rushing or whatever the case may be. And uh, 
is showing a different part of his game. Like, I can do this too. And I think he'll go in the top two rounds. And the rules are if you can go in the top two rounds, you go. And I think he can be a, a second-round guy. And the, and the quarterback class this year is weak. So they're still going to look at him. People always need quarterbacks. So get out of here, Sam. Well, Griner, not only do I agree with you, I think Sam should uh, go on and go to the NFL. One, he's got the body of work that shows that he can do it. His accuracy, I mean, his physicality, he'll be fine. But here, here's the main reason and, and something to think about. You mentioned Drake May. But if Sam stayed, and yes, he would be tremendous, and it would certainly help Carolina next year. But think of how much that would upset the apple cart in the recruiting because Mac has recruited exceptionally well. But all of a sudden, you keep Sam and kind of – take that trend of who they've recruited and put them, hey, transfer portal, here I come. So I think that it would really upset the apple cart if he stayed. Uh, I have to agree with you guys. Uh, but anyway, uh, Coach Griner, it's your question now, so let's go on to number two. Uh, do-over, who do you like to take if you're the Panthers' number one pick now, Fields, Jones, or the O-lineman Slater? <laughs> Neither. I, I like the pick that they did. I think it was a great pick, even though he's hurt right now. If I had to, if you had to take me to the, you know, like I had to pick one of these two, it would be Slater. Um, I think Fields or Jones, like they're they're both, you know, got different qualities to them. But I, I want Deshaun Watson, <laughs> and I want to build the defense around. Like I'm trying to win a Super Bowl. I don't want to just be like an okay team. Well, I want to go the whole way, and you got to build the defense. And I think they did that. Just got injury bugs right now. J.C. Horn is a real deal, and Diggs. I mean. Diggs could have been even better, you know. Who knows? Yeah, that that's a tough one because I'm a huge fan of J.C. Horn, huge, huge, huge fan. But in the interest of this question, it, to me, it's Fields. I mean, I think that what he's shown, despite an offensive coordinator or head coach that's, that, to me, is playing defense against his talents and not setting him up appropriately, we are seeing flashes of why this guy was taken where he was. Put him with a guy like a Joe Brady who can highlight, you know, his ability to get the ball out of his hands, help him to make good decisions. If he can make, you know, Sam Darnold look good in flashes, and we all know what his limitations are, imagine what he could do with a guy like Fields. Heck, even Jones. But, I mean, I, you know, like I've told some other guys, I was like, I like watching the Patriots. I've got the ticket. I like watching the Patriots because Jones has the highest freaking completion percentage of any quarterback out there right now. And Josh McDaniels is literally emptying the kitchen sink every single game against everybody and showing this guy, hey, whatever I'm going to ask you to do, I'm going to be the greatest at that. It may be limited, but I bet you I'm going to execute it. So it's great to have an offensive coordinator that can help an offense, you know, put up points. And they're going to do that through that quarterback position. Get the ball out of his hand quickly. We'll make it work with OL. All right. Uh, final question here, Coach versus Coach. Coach Christ, I'm going to stay with you. Uh, Christian McCaffrey has, lost, has missed 17 of the last 23 games. Plus, he's going to miss the next two on the IR. Is it time to renegotiate his contract or maybe even trade him all together? I think you re renegotiate his contract. I mean, I think we know that he's a quality back. We know that he's one of the best, you know, best backs when healthy around here. But I think it's a situation where you make his contract pretty, you know, performance-based. Put some, you know, some incentives, put some you know, structure in his contract to where if he's able to play and produce like we know he can, he gets that money. But if he's on the IR or he's hurt, he doesn't get paid like someone who's doing those things or, or gets paid like the guy he was when he was healthy. It's a shame, too, because, I mean, we know what he can do, and he's a high-volume guy that's going to be successful. So I wouldn't want to see him in any colors, colors other than the Panthers' colors, but I think you can do that by restructuring his contract. Yeah, we know he's different. He's a difference maker. I mean, when we have him, 
we win games. <laughs> when we don't have them, we lose games. So his worth is great. Now, if you said it's time to trade him to get Deshaun Watson, <laughs> I would consider that. Now, what I would like to do is redo his contract. That was the way I would like to do it. And uh, just tell him, say, look, it's all based upon how many games you play. You just renegotiate. You get bonuses based on the games you play because she's going to be effective when you get there. Um, so, you know, redo the contract. But if they say we'll take we'll take McCaffrey and two second-round picks, trade. Let's go. All right, guys. There it is. Another week of Coach versus Coach. Bring the whole crowd back in. Hey, the boss is back. Man, that was an interesting Sam about Deshaun Watson. Ben Roethlisberger, twelve years ago, has similar—not as many, but similar charges to what Deshaun Watson has. Settled out of court, went on to have a great career. Could Deshaun Watson, in your opinion, Sam, come to a new team, fix his legal issues, and become a guy who's a star player? And people kind of put that in the rearview mirror, as they did with Ben Roethlisberger. A hundred percent, because I think Deshaun Watson, character-wise, is even way is way better than like you know Big Ben. Um, you go back to you know where he came from, and uh, the whole situation was like war done. Got his mom a house, you know the whole deal. He grew up very tough, and uh, I like his character. And then when he went to Clemson, he he was like a spitting image of Dabo Sweeney. You know, he's a, a Christian guy. I mean, we all make mistakes. I don't know if he really did anything or he's just you know, I don't know if someone's trying to get money out of them. I think but, um, the problem is there's just so many cases. But, Gary, you're not in your head as well. What do you think? I, I'm with Sam. I think it's a money grab. If it was a if it was a crime, he would have already been arrested. Mm -hmm. Okay? Exactly. And if, if, if those women thought he committed a crime, you go to the police first, not to the lawyers. So that tells me it's a money grab. 100%. I've only talked to Mr. Tepper a couple of times, but I do know he wants to win badly. And I think they made a, a misstep with the guy they have and, and getting Deshaun Watson was definitely DJ Moore been all pro with Deshaun Watson. Why doesn't, why doesn't he just tell the owner, since he's the richest owner in the NFL, right? Go tell Houston's owner or whatever and be like, hey, look. You're going to get everybody in trouble with Tampa. Go get – go get hey, – I'm going to give Deshaun Watson. Give it to Sean Watson. You know, release him to us. You know, we'll just trade him for like a – just a regular second-round pick, and we'll give you no, $35 million. You're talking about three dollars. number ones. It worked that way, Sam. Hey, baby. you know why that won't work. You know why it won't work. Why? There's one reason why it won't work. Because well, he ain't on this. Because Tim <laughs> Tebow's not available. <laughs> Sam, how you gonna feel Saturday if you get the number sixteen seed? You got to go play like Kings Mountain or somebody around one. It's not gonna happen. How would you feel though? Yeah. It's not gonna happen. I don't. I don't believe though? in no daggone fairy tales. That is a fairy tale right there. <laughs> fairy tale. All right. Well, yeah. I, I want to see. I want to see the gold suit. So I'm, I'm kind of like pulling for you a little bit. I want to see the gold suit. All right, it's time for the, the, the big star to make his final uh, comment on the big show. I stole that from Chris uh, Cuomo on CNN. Here we go, Sam. All right, so just giving a shout-out. My wife and I had our baby shower um, Saturday. And so all the talking preps guys, I'm going to give you my address. I need some daggone diapers. That's what I'm <laughs> discussing right now. Uh, I got plenty of ones and twos. I'm looking for some threes and fours because he's going to come out as a warrior. You know that. He might already be wearing threes when he comes out. <laughs> and uh, 
I've been playing that Rocky theme music a whole lot. When my wife's asleep, she doesn't know it, but I've been putting it next to her belly just so he understands. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so needs a little help, Charlotte Observer. <laughs> you you didn't tell us you were having a baby shower ahead of time. Most people when they want to I know what well, my, my wife said. My wife said you can like go to that the baby was like, shower. wow, okay. Like, all right. Oh, come on. Like I should. That would have been great to have you guys there. I, I wish my wife would have like, hey, get your talking prep guy since you never yeah. spend time on me on Tuesday nights. Why don't you bring them Saturday? <laughs> Nolan Hauser's dad just uh, texted me on uh, one of these apps that I have on my phone. His, I mean, uh, Scott Hauser, Nolan Hauser's dad. Um, sure. Nolan Hauser's going to Clemson on the official visit on Saturday. So big time for a sophomore kicker who's all you guys picked him on your super team last year as y'all state kicker. So looking like y'all made a good yeah, looking like y'all made a good choice. So against Kenzie corrected the pronunciation. I think it's Hoosier. Hoosier, yeah. I'm sorry, Hoosier. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he's, he's, he's great. Yeah. yeah. Hoosier. I won't get in trouble. But yeah, he's he's having a great season. But yeah, super teams coming up, guys. I know Greg's talking about it. We're gonna put it out right around Christmas Day. It is the official all-state team in the state of North Carolina. The the Charlotte Observer is the paper record in North Carolina. The News Observer is the paper record in North Carolina. We represent both of them. Uh, so the Mr. Football is coming out, um, and we'll be sending out nominations to all the coaches. You'll get a nomination form. Please send it back. What was that little lingo you had earlier, Sam, about submit? Don't acquit, submit, or something you said. <laughs> I, <laughs> sure. what? I don't know what I said. Uh, something you said. Some, you little, some, little jing, some little jingle you had. But make sure you guys send in the uh, the nominations. Um, and, you know, Alex, thanks for the great explanation on uh, NCHSA playoffs. I hope everybody takes a look at that. If you didn't, make sure you check it out on the replay. It was one of probably the best explanations I've heard. I've heard a lot of them. Uh, Saturday, the, the parents come out. You guys have a great time. I'm off to Notre Dame to see my older son this weekend. So we'll see you guys uh, next week. I'm Langston. That's Coach Grice, the assistant coach at Mallet Creek. I don't want to say the position. I get it wrong. <laughs> Chris Hughes, the number one voice of high school football in North Carolina. Sam Griner, my favorite football coach in the white suit. <laughs> Gary, Gary Richmond. The CMA. Gary, you got to give us the stories, the, the tales from Wakanda. We got to get you. Yeah, exactly. Check Gary out on Facebook to read his stories about being an assistant I mean, a substitute teacher. Just, just, just so funny. Dale Ross, the great Dale Ross from Carolina University. And uh, Alex Bass, the contrarian, the smartest one in the room. Glad to have you on the show. We are talking preps. We'll catch you next week. Yeah, Gary, you're giving me some of the best laughs ever. Breaking all that stuff down.